Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Life of Education podcast. Today, we are here with Chelsea Spackman, and we're going to be talking about hydration. Hydration and electrolytes, mm-hmm. always a fun topic, especially in Dubai during this time of year when everybody is continually dehydrated. Yeah. <laughs> Summer today, and it's 41 degrees, Yeah, which I think is somewhere over 100 degrees Fahrenheit Yeah, for people in the US. Very yeah, warm. I think people really don't understand how hot it really does get here. Like and how really, early it gets hot. Yeah. How early in the day it gets hot. Yeah, and exactly. that heat is consistent for like four months. Yeah. yeah. yeah we got lucky with, what do we know, June. So we got lucky with May, I thought. May was a bit... Cooler. Really? I thought May was, was unseasonably hot. Really? Yeah, because no. I arrived back No, it's because you're visiting. No, because <laughs> I, I used to live here for, for five years, and I felt like May was already June weather. Like, it was so much warmer in the morning than usually in May. Mm. Maybe for the last five years, I was just blessed with May weather. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so, um, how did you get into the world of hydration? What was the inspiration to go down that route well um the biggest thing that kick-started the the big debate on hydration was moving to dubai and living here and ramadan and everybody being dehydrated constantly um caroline and i had a conversation we've been doing my pilates teacher training and she drinks how much water i drink a lot of water <laughs> but this is only because we have another very close friend of ours. His name is Matt, and he thinks that I'm perpetually dehydrated. So I try Which and drink. Are. Yeah, I try yeah. and drink about two, two to three liters of water, and I'm still thirsty. And I don't want to say this, but my pee's still yellow. Right. <laughs> yeah, which means hi- dehydration. Yeah. So I gave her a little packet of something called um, Emergency, and it's a electrolyte hydration okay. beverage. And I said, give it a shot. Let me know how you get on with it. So we were doing a scientific experiment. Yeah. I was yeah. monitoring <laughs> my levels <Your> of <laughs> urination. And how yeah. did it go? Color and everything. Yeah, well, it was it was good. I it was really I'm good. About this, but yeah, yeah, it was um, basically what I noticed was that I was uh, drinking less and my pee wasn't like bright yet that amber yellow yeah and it's that's a bit scary because it's like i've just drunk two happening? liters of water but it, yeah. do you know what to be honest with you it never happens during the day it's when i go to sleep i wake up and then it's like and that it's color yeah. um so yeah after drinking that it wasn't that color and i peed less yeah yeah and you felt more focused and you just felt you felt better for it so, so for those people who don't know why we're we talking about color why are we talking about color? So a lot of different things can affect. So we, we had had this conversation when I asked her to try out the electrolyte drink. So a lot of different supplements can affect the color of your urine. But if you're not taking any supplements or you're just drinking a ton of water, your, your urine shouldn't be amber. Like it just, it shouldn't. The only reason it should have some color to it is usually like a neon color. And that's usually because of supplements, because of the minerals in the supplements that will add color to your urine but otherwise it should be a pale yellow a pale yellow is a sign of hydrated well i've i've also read as well that like your urine should be you should be going to the bathroom and it should be clear yeah or a very very pale yellow clear clear i mean again if you take supplements you're gonna have some color to your urine that's just how it is why is that um, because of the, the minerals and the supplements, they just give your urine color. But it should never be like a deep amber or like a dark and this, yellow. What is the color? What of, are we looking at? Of urine? Yeah. What, what should in, you aim for? What makes it... Well, we talked about that. That's the should be the lighter color as yeah. opposed to the darker brown. But what is, what is brown? What makes it brown compared to what makes it yellow compared to what makes it completely clear? It's that you're, you're not detoxifying enough. So you're not you're not getting out the so urea is in your urine and if you're dehydrated it's going to build up so the the buildup of minerals in your body that you're not clearing out with your urine or that you're clearing out too much so that's when urine is really really clear um like a little a little too clear so there's there's a very fine line between dehydration and overhydration so if you're overly hydrated so for you you were drinking so much water that you weren't actually replenishing any of the electrolytes. So you want to have 
a nice balance between replenishing electrolytes that you lose while sweating, that you lose through um, bowel movements, that you lose through urine, that you, you, you lose throughout the day, throughout life, every day. Um, you want to replenish those, but you don't want to replenish them so much that you can't get rid of them in a timely fashion. So from my understanding, and you can tell me how far away I am, when you have clear urine, it means that you have enough fluid, you have enough fluid moving through your system that your body can act, uh, can easily flush it out. Whereas when you're not taking enough water in, your body has to produce urea Mm -hmm. to help get that water out of your system. So the less, not not water, to help get those fluids. fluids. That's not necessarily the H2O water, Mm -hmm. but all the other stuff that needs to be excreted. Your body creates urea, and the urea then draws and attracts those, and that's what you excrete. So Mm -hmm. the less water you have, the more your body has to create urea, the darker the urine is. So that's, yeah. Is that bro science? Yeah, it's it's pretty (laughs) much there. It's pretty much there. But the problem is, is that... Everybody assumes that water is the key to hydration. Sure. And it's not. Because so water... tell us the secret, Chelsea. Water doesn't have any minerals in it. So the water that you buy at the supermarket, it's... And everything you see now is low sodium or sodium-free. And sodium is an electrolyte. And you need that in your body to replenish, to keep yourself hydrated. Sodium, potassium, chloride, and bicarbonate. Those are all electrolytes that we we all need so in our world of no salt no no salt in anything no sodium anything take out all the minerals let's let's process it and and take everything away and leave it nutrient free you need to find a way to put it back in and then add fluoride and chlorine (laughs) exactly yeah to make sure that it's you know really clean and stable Mm -hmm. and then you've got nothing so you're like caroline drinking all the water in the world and still not reaping any of the hydration benefits because water can't, on its own, replenish electrolytes. Okay. So you can put as much water in your body as you want, but if there's no electrolytes, you're just flushing your body of the minerals. And you don't necessarily need to ingest the electrolytes through liquids. The electrolytes come in through your diet. Yeah. Overall. Yeah. So those those four things, so potassium, chloride, bicarbonate, and um, sodium are all all excellent electrolytes but i find it really simple to do you know little packets the one that i gave you has Mm. an immune booster in it so my next question like i'm curious about this because you see a lot of people drinking those sports drinks and they're really predominantly a lot of sugar so what's the what's the difference and if people are looking to get hydrated then how should they navigate that i'm going to have a sports drink or i'm going to have something that's just like electrolytes and not sugar so one of the easiest ways that's one of that's one of the biggest problems with electrolytes is that they so many times like gatorade and powerade you know they come with a huge amount of sugar dates are really great and full of electrolytes so during ramadan when you break your fast with dates um that's a really amazing way to to break your fast because it immediately puts those electrolytes back into your system. So you really just want to look for the four precursors for electrolytes. Adding a little bit of like um, Himalayan sea salt to your water is one of the easiest ways to get electrolytes because there's no sodium in your water. So just add a little bit, not table salt because that's that's stripped and processed and not good, but some Himalayan sea salt. Adding a little bit of that to water can be one of the easiest ways to just get some electrolytes into your body just to give your body a little recharge. Mm, I remember um, being in Bangladesh and they would basically teach people how to uh, make electrolyte drinks and it was like salt, water, and you'd heat it up and and then you'd obviously drink the... um, the salt water concoction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was for like uh, diarrheal yeah. diseases and severe um, dehydration related to um, non-communicable diseases, but yeah. obviously off topic. They're no, very different. No, but still, mm. I mean, it's salt and water. Salt yeah. is, it's sodium. It's one of the things that our bodies absolutely need. And sodium has gotten this huge bad rap. You know, you can't, everything has sodium in it and you should be on a low sodium diet because it increases cholesterol, it increases fat, it increases, you know, everything, it increases dehydration. But actually, there's a fine line with sodium and it has to be the right kind of sodium. Get it from a good source like Himalayan sea salt, 
um, that's an amazing source of mm -hmm. sodium. And just adding a pinch of that to your water can do amazing things for your body. And then what kind of foods so foods i mean there's there's all kinds of different sources i mean green leafy greens are a great way to get to get things into your diet i mean just the whole foods a whole foods diet potassium bananas are really high in potassium yeah. dates um are a good source but again these are fruits and they come with a lot of sugar so anybody that's following you know a lower carbohydrate diet or um staying away from sugar because it's so addictive they're obviously staying away from fructose as well and they're not going to be able to use those fruit sources as, you know, sources for electrolytes. Yeah. So sometimes it's just easier to add salt yeah. to your water or buy a little package of like emergency or NRC or hydrolyte, those kind of things that aren't sweetened with sugar, that are sweetened with stevia and other mm -hmm. um, natural sweeteners so that they can stay on track. But continue drinking their water, just add a little package of of yeah something to it for like i gave you one it was raspberry mm -hmm. and it wasn't like super raspberry flavored no, you can no. dilute it or you can yeah. keep it, it was in a smaller it a very interesting taste yeah. yeah i mean it wasn't it i don't know it doesn't i don't know what it would take how would you describe how it tasted it's like a mild fruity i felt flavor. like it was is it quicks is that it? The strawberry flavor? Like it tasted not like that, but it had a very similar like look to it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, it's just, it's a little something that you can add to your water. Um, those are really easy. The one that I chose is I choose it because it keeps me hydrated when I'm on a plane. So I traveled here from Canada and um, I was doing an intensive it's just finishing up. This is my last week of my mm -hmm. intensive Pilates training course. And I basically had absolutely no time to lose my immune system. So getting an electrolyte drink to keep mm -hmm. me hydrated, plus has an immune booster with vitamin C, D, and E in it. That's my way forward for these kind of, kind of trips. On a daily basis, I'll just put salt in my water. That's the easiest yeah. way. How much water would you drink a day usually? Oh, I'd say, yeah, between around... 80 fluid ounces at the at the least. So, how much is 80 fluid ounces? <laughs> um, you'll have to tell me. If you look at that bottle there, <laughs> Caroline, lift that bottle up. Yeah. So we got a, How many fluid ounces? Is that a liter and a half? Yeah, it's a liter and, and a half. half. I don't know how many fluid ounces are in a liter and a half. Do you? Would you dr No, that's what I'm asking. You. <laughs> would you drink a bottle that big? Oh, I drink two of them, okay. I would say. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, dr have it drink up. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have your Himalayan salt in there? <laughs> Do you have your electrolytes in there? No, I okay. don't. So, tell her off. Yeah, <laughs> I've got some in my bag. Do you need me to go get it? <laughs> Maybe after. Yeah. So now you can see why Caroline is chronically dehydrated. Dehydrated, yeah. exactly. Well, okay, let me, let me f explain to people a little bit about Dubai, if no one knows Dubai. Dubai is very, very hot. Like, in the yes. winter, it's a normal, normal temperature, but mm -hmm. in the summer, and really from, like, April to October, you're At talking least. 30s, mid to high 30s and upwards. Yeah. And they can, in the middle of the desert and in the city, sometimes get to 50. Is that an over-exaggeration? In, yeah. no, in the summer. Yeah, okay. Definitely. So we're, we're talking between 35 to 50 degrees Celsius yeah. for a period of... April, May, June, July, August, September, seven months. You're digging yourself That's into a hole here. <laughs> Why? Because I'm counting. Now you really have <laughs> no excuse to yeah, be dehydrated. you're aware of the you know. Yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> I'm aware. But what I'm trying to say is that because, so if I go back to Sydney, I don't need this much water. Like I feel like I don't need to drink this much mm -hmm. because I'm not like, it's not this hot. Right. Um, yeah. That, but it is this hot where you are. How long have you been in Dubai for? <laughs> Ten years. Are we? Are you two ganging up on me again? Yes. Like the last <laughs> time with the cheese toasty. <laughs> oh yeah. How is your cheese toasties going? So do you know I told you he did something really evil? Yes. So we were working and he brings me a cheese toasty. I was like, I'm trying. She's a vegetarian. Cool. The place I went to pick up breakfast didn't have anything except the one thing she, I toasty. offered her on the over the phone. She said she didn't want it because it has goat's cheese. I don't like goat's cheese. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, cheese toasties all the way. All she was getting. I don't like goat's cheese either. Thank you. Yeah, it tastes like woolly socks. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. For anybody listening or watching, we spoke about what was what were we talking about and basically. Caroline should gluten. It was we were talking about celiac yeah. disease. Yeah, celiac gluten. disease and gluten. Yeah. So Caroline needs to come off her uh, cheese toasty breakfast diet. Yeah, it's not the cheese that's the problem. It's 
the toasty. It's the toasty that's the problem. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but you've been doing really well. Yeah, I like failed miserably yesterday. But oh no. I'm yeah, I'm going no. But other than that. I'm gonna start again on Sunday. And at least you have a bottle of water here with you today. Yeah. yeah. Which is Thanks. and it worse. looks like it's half drunk. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so you're getting there, but now you just need to add some electrolytes to it. I do. To stay mm-hmm. hydrated, because if you're perpetually sweating, you're working out, I mean, that's what you do, mm-hmm. you know, ev- that's what we, we all do, you know, we're very physical yeah. people, and in Dubai, you don't even need to work out to sweat, you can walk from yeah. the apartment to yeah. the car. Yeah, well, see, that was my point, like, you can, I can leave here now, I can walk to my car, and I can already be sweaty, yeah. or I can just sit in my car for five minutes before the AC actually kicks in, nice. and and literally yeah. be damp yeah. everywhere, and that's the problem, so I drink this, and I swear it's all, it's gone by the time I get into my car, because I've sweat most of it out, um, yeah. yeah. And that's so normal here, everybody, yeah. everybody does that. Yeah. So, I want to ask you two a question. Like, do you guys go to bed and wake up and yeah. go pee and your pee's amber? Yeah, this is what I wanted to do. No. didn't want to interrupt you guys. I think, no, when you talk about Dubai being so hot and everything you do, you walk outside, you you get hot, you get dehydrated when you train, you get hot, you dehydrated. But I also think overnight, you get a lot very dehydrated. Like, just simply sleeping, even though your body temperature should drop for a night's sleep, most people will have the air conditioning on yeah. and it's putting cold air in the room. But, but the it's air conditioning will help dehydrate you because it's dry yeah. right yeah. yeah it'll dry you out so that's and the other thing your body needs moisture mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so i definitely do wake up in the morning i'm clearly dehydrated yeah and it's not like i'm i've woken up and my sheets are covered in sweat no it's just it's that just is your pee yeah it's dark yeah for okay. sure so that makes me feel better <laughs> my <laughs> habits both dehydrated. <laughs> yeah but my i'll go i'll bring a two liter bottle of water to me with me to work first thing in the morning and I'll finish it in the first two hours. I've realized, just speaking about myself, is that I'll go through a lot of water early in the day. Mm-hmm. Because, kind of peter out. And then, yeah, and then I just get busy and I get occupied with other yeah. stuff and I don't. And especially during Ramadan. Oh, yeah. You know, when you can't, you're not drinking, you're, you're being, um, you know, respectful of, of cultural differences and, and religious differences and you're, you're not drinking in front of clients or in front of other people in the office or, or whatnot. And yeah. maybe for people who don't it's, know, we can explain what Ramadan is yeah. first. Go yeah, ahead. so uh, for every each month, for one month, every 11 months in the uh, Muslim world, Ramadan comes in. And for that month, um, people fasting are requ- required not to eat or drink during daylight hours. So as soon as the sun comes up, that's the last bit of food or drink that we can have. Really, anything you can't put anything to your mouth. You can't have a cigarette. But focusing just on the food and drink. And then once the sun goes down, uh, iftar comes around and then people break their fast. Mm. Which is, I'm sure I haven't done it. I've tried, I've thought about doing it and even the thought alone, I don't know how people can do it. Because I'm not used to it. I did it last year, but I didn't do all of it. And I did... Uh, the no food thing up until like, but I couldn't do the no water thing. Dry fasting has a lot of ups and downs. If you do research on dry fasting, so that's what they do for a month. They do complete dry fasting for daylight hours. So um, in isolation, if you're dry fasting and let's say the temperature, so like dry fasting for, for, you know, Ramadan in Dubai in the wintertime is much easier on the body than dry fasting in the summer because obviously as we just said dubai is really lovely in the winter the weather is yeah. relatively also normal the daylight's a little bit shorter daylight's a little bit shorter not a huge amount but it's it's a lot easy i mean i say a lot it's it a big weight is taken off yeah. with without that kind of the heat. 40 45 50 degree heat um dry fasting has been shown to have incredible effects on the body if done correctly what would those effects be? Um, it's a great way to detox your body. It's a great way to kind of bring your body back to start position. If you can, if your body can handle it, you know, it's a great way to detox chemicals. It's a great way to um, get your metabolism back up. It's a great way to just kind of re, re-energize your body and get yourself back to kind of square one. But unfortunately, not a lot of bodies can handle it because... As soon as iftar rolls around, you want to shove your face with anything and everything. 
that's in front of you. Like you're not going to go for the the salad because you haven't eaten all day. You're going to, you're going to go in and you're going to go in hard and you haven't created digestive juices and people don't wait for digestive juices to start flowing. You know how last time we talked about looking at food for five minutes and salivating, getting your digestive juices. So they're not doing that. You know, they're, they're just going in and and eating everything and they haven't created any digestive juices and now it's throwing off their entire digestion then they're up all night eating and they sleep all day so they're not getting a lot of people aren't getting enough exercise a lot of people aren't doing it properly so it's and also staying hydrated in this kind of heat you know if you're not drinking water during the day and you're not drinking enough at night it's going to be very difficult to do dry fasting properly and in a healthy fashion so be monitored. what would you recommend what are some tips that you would recommend for people who are fasting and how to do dry fasting properly so the way to do dry fasting properly i mean obviously it's very individualized you know you want to be careful with your exercise you know you don't want to overexert yourself during the day and dehydrate yourself more because obviously sweat and um, muscle movement is going to push you towards more dehydration um instead of going in with food uh for for iftar i would say start with some with some broth broth is a really nice way to get hydration back it's got good sodium in it some nice bone broth it's got good sodium in it and um, it's got good minerals from the bones um really healing for your gut and then i would go in with an electrolyte based drink so then i would drink water and start there and then move into food as your digestive juices start start coming back. And also when you're when you're eating, don't drink. Don't drink water while you're eating food because that slows down your digestion. It dilutes the digestive enzymes, right? right? So yeah. you want to think of your your digestion as like a fire and you know your food as the wood on the fire. So it's it's a nice burning sensation and you know the fire needs to keep going in order to burn the wood down which is digestion. And if you're putting water on that constantly as you're drink as you're eating, you're going to dilute, you're going to take away the fire completely and there's going to be a whole wood log fest going on there that hasn't burned down at all. Nice analogy. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Um so. so 20 minutes roughly before you eat. Yeah. Drink water 20 minutes, no sooner, and then after. Yeah, I mean, you can have a little sip of water. You know, I used to drink water when I was a kid all the time or like juice or milk or whatever. You know, your mom gives you a sandwich and a glass of milk and you finish both at the same time. That's kind of how you do it. Um, When I first went to school for nutrition, I that was one of the first things that I learned about. And all of a sudden it was like, got to train yourself to, you know, wean off of drinking water. And now I... I never drink water when I eat unless I'm having something and I have it like a little sip of water as I'm eating, but I don't glug water or any sort of beverage. Yeah. I'm guessing it's not just water. Yeah. Wine, juice, soft yeah, drinks, wine. anything. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it is that you drink. I drink mostly water, but you know, whatever it is that you drink with your food, try not drinking with food. That's one of the best ways to, to speed up your digestion and to speed up your metabolism and to do dry fasting better because you want your digestive juices they haven't been working all throughout the day so giving them something to work with gently you know you don't want to dilute them even more you want to help them burn harder and say for example before people start fasting again mm-hmm. and this would be at four or five a.m what would you recommend for them before they start that day again don't don't you know eat a huge heavy meal and don't eat something that's hugely carbohydrate-based because it'll push you really far with sugars. It'll give you that big, like, I'm good for the day, but it'll drop you in no time. So you want to eat something that's nice protein-based, something that's uh, good protein and fat-based, nothing too big, a nice small light meal so that you don't feel the pangs of starvation, you know, halfway through the day because that's the worst part of dry fasting, is, as I'm sure you found when you were doing it I did a fluid fast (laughs) and it lasted like I think I did two weeks of Ramadan but I've fasted for long periods of time before um but always with fluids I I find it really hard not to drink water it is Mm. it is hard the thing about um Ramadan also which I think gets overlooked is that 
people don't sleep very well overnight no. because of the requirement Press. to pray. Mm-hmm. So it's not like uh, you can just go to sleep all night, wake it's up. It's very disruptive. Yeah, there's a lot of things happening. So yeah. um, at some point, what a lot of people do is they tend to go to sleep in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. A, to tr- maybe to pass some time. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not speaking for anybody <laughs> here. But maybe to pass some time or also because they didn't sleep overnight. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the social events obviously happen late into mm-hmm. the night. Yeah. Um, so people are eating meals. They're trying to cram in their meals and their sleep in, in this short window of time mm-hmm. and their prayer. Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot going on. It, like I always find it a little bit... Um, not strange because if, if you have the information, you should share it. But when people who don't fast, mm-hmm. when Westerners like me... Mm-hmm. come in and start telling people okay this is what you should do during ramadan bum 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 yeah it's like firstly these people have been doing it for a long time oh and that's the other thing is genetic yeah predisposition and cultural uh you know you learn from your parents they learn yeah. from their parents this is what we do this is what we do this is i think some people do get it wrong in the sense where some people just can't resist and they gorge at iftar yeah but i know a lot of people who i train who don't they they, yeah. they train just before iftar then at just seven whatever it is seven fifteen in that window they'll have a little bit of drink they'll have some soup and they have to wait because they're not able to sit and eat because potentially what you're discussing about the stomach juice is not being ready Mm -hmm. um and then they go and then they eat and then they sleep all night well they pray when they have to they sleep and then they just have one other meal in the morning yeah um and they're just i don't think that it's a breakfast meal i think it's like they're just trying to get m- food. food. Yeah. Something. Yeah, get some food into them. Yeah. Um, it doesn't represent breakfast, breakfast. It's almost yeah. <laughs> pre-fast. <laughs> pre-fast. Yeah. Breakfast. But, um, <laughs> people always come across the Ramadan time of year. Some people think this is the time where they're going to lose weight. If I just fast, if I don't eat, I'm going to lose weight. If I... You know, if I do this, if I, this is the time I'm really gonna, I'm really gonna try knuckle down, sort my diet out, did it, and then when iftar comes around and the the meals that they cram and the lack of sleep, the health goes down. So coming out of Ramadan, mm-hmm. coming coming the, the the Eid weekend, people travel with their families, yeah. all bets are off, um, and then the subsequent summer holidays are quite hot here in Dubai right now. Ramadan's in summer; Definitely. it moves forward every year. But oh, like, for for what would your recommendations be for people generally? Um, starting with say after the ramadan period how do they get back on track and then yeah let's start with that i would just say hydrate i mean get some electrolytes that's one of the best ways again bone broth is super healing so and i know that um the muslim culture they love they love bone broth and so many iftars have bone broth which is incredible that's such a good healing food um obviously you can do you eat fish no, you don't eat fish, so you can't have any kind of bone broth. You are missing out. I know, we've had this discussion <laughs> before. <laughs> You're missing out big time. I know, I know. So healing. Um, but that's that's one of the best things. Again, it's it's got sodium in it, you know, um, from, from the bones. Um, and you can add some nice Himalayan salt. So, and the bones, because bones already have the minerals in it, you know, they've got they've got good minerals in them so when you stew bones you're getting those minerals put back into you which is just incredible and is there any long-term well that's that's let's not say long-term let's say short to medium-term side effects like as a result of fasting for a whole month in the daytime not eating not drinking like what's what health not side effects what health effects does that have on your digestive system your enzymes your or your hormone production I mean, it's hard to say because it depends how well you do it. So worst case scenario, it's going to throw your hormones completely out of whack. It's going to throw your focus. It's going to throw your metabolism. It's going to throw um, your body's production of natural minerals out of whack. Um, Everything. It's going to just completely throw you off if it's done in a terrible way. It's going to take you... uh, You know, it's going to take you a while to kind of come back from that. Um, So just describe what that terrible way would be just connected to you know you're going to have lack of focus you're going to have um 
you might experience hair loss because of your hormones. You might experience weight gain because of your hormones. You might experience weight loss because of your hormones. Um, there's really no individual, Mm -hmm. you know, this is exactly what you need to look for. And especially with dehydration, overhydration. So when you drink too much water and, and you're, and, and too many electrolytes, there's a very fine line between overhydration and dehydration and their symptoms are incredibly similar. Really? And that's kind of the problem. So you really want to monitor and know what pay attention to what you're eating, what minerals you're taking in, what your water has in it, how much sodium. You know, you you don't need to keep track and keep a journal and write everything, you know, yeah, keep track yeah, of all yeah. the numbers, but Pay attention to your life, pay attention to your diet, pay attention to your body and how you feel because one of the biggest symptoms of dehydration is diarrhea. One of the biggest symptoms of overhydration is diarrhea. Mm -hmm. So you really need to know what you're giving yourself and which end of the spectrum you're on because only you can tell in your own body how you feel. Um, Dizziness, dizziness. Seizures are one of are a cause of dehydration. Um, are a cause. Oops, look, sorry, not a cause. They they are a, an effect of yeah, dehydration. Yeah, okay. A symptom. They yeah. can be a symptom. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it, there's tons of tons of different. But you know, seizures can also be. I mean, I I have epilepsy. Um, so seizures can come from epilepsy. They can come from non-epileptic seizures. But one of the the biggest things for non-epileptic seizures is dehydration, and a lot of people get misdiagnosed. You know, so these are, but they're not specific to, this is the only symptom of dehydration. So it's really difficult to pinpoint, but knowing where you live, you know, like, as you said, being back in Australia, you feel like you don't need as much water. Pay attention to where you are in the world, what your day looks like, what your sweat looks like. Some people sweat all over. Some people are face sweaters where they, you know, you can just see the sweat running down their face. Some people don't sweat hardly at all you can just see it on their back Mm. you know get to know your body get to know what your your limits are some people are athletes and they sweat for a living (laughs) i mean i do always i do always (laughs) think sometimes in the gym everybody's working harder everybody has completely different shaped sweat patches yeah i mean this could just be a weird thing that i've noticed but it's like it is a slightly weird thing yeah okay fine (laughs) yeah but I've noticed it because because I yeah I'm okay I'm sweating and you're sweating and you you sweat from there I'm sweat from over here that's a bit strange yeah um how do people so how do people know when they're dehydrated without checking the bathroom without checking the bathroom I would just say is your mouth dry because most people will just be like I'm always thirsty yeah but they're probably not drinking electrolytes and isn't don't they say right maybe this is just a meme but don't they say that when you're thirsty, you're already dehydrated? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that true? It is. Most amount. people yeah. are dehydrated. Now, most people aren't dehydrated to the point of having seizures or to having, yeah. you know, life, life-changing life effects from it, you know. But most people are mildly dehydrated as as a baseline. That's kind of where people live in, mild dehydration. So is, mildly, is mild dehydration the accept... Well, is mild dehydration the norm? I would say so. And is that the norm in this kind of world where unhealthy is now normal? Yes. Okay, so it's normal, but it's not optimal. Exactly. You are not living your best life in mild dehydration. (laughs) I remember when I was in the UK, I was in a routine. I was in such a regular routine for about 18 months to two years that Mm -hmm. everything everything was was, um, was tick, 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 tick. And when I moved to Dubai, including my my hydration levels when I'd go to the bathroom, when I moved to Dubai, I kept that hydration pattern up because i knew how much i already drank water and i thought "Uh oh i was obsessed with this this whole lifestyle now and then in dubai it's gonna be hotter so i've got to continue this and i did and no matter how much water i drank my urine wasn't the same color as it was one month two months three months before in the uk yeah no i think maybe twice in almost five years have I got to that level through? Yeah. Well, have I got to that level? Let's say, but I don't. I wonder, was it hydration or was it something else? Yeah. Well, because I, those anomalies don't don't match up. I think, see, because I've experienced something very similar. I can never get to the same place that I was in Sydney at all. But I think 
here you you probably just need a lot more maybe because it is so hot like in australia it's australia's very moist there's a lot of moisture in there yeah here it's like an oven it's dry heat everything's like very very dry but yeah that's all i was gonna say sorry (laughs) (laughs) but it's one of those things that when you think about how much water like let's let's just get real how many times do we pee during the day I would like, probably do try to keep track. Maybe three or four, but I I I consciously drink a lot of water. That's it, like, three or four. Like oh, I'll car- I would say more than that. Mm. See, like I wake up and I have a green tea. Mm-hmm. I so I have about two green teas before I leave the house. Yeah, and I try and do one of these mm-hmm. the first half of the day and one of them the second half of the day. Yeah, so it's three liters, and then I have a coffee and probably another green tea when I go to bed. Yeah. So how many times a day would you pee? Like a lot, it yeah. depends. Yeah, I go to the bathroom a lot. Is the yeah. is the amount of vids, visits to the bathroom? Like, what if? What's the volume? Well, so that was our test. So when I gave Caroline the um, the electrolyte drink, I said, "Tell me if you pee less," mm. because water is going to go from point A to point B in your body and leave. That's what water is doing. Whereas if you put electrolytes in, they're going to kind of go off to their their destination. And then whatever is left is going to come out. So you'll find that you'll pee less because you're actually retaining minerals and, right. and vitamins from the electrolyte beverage. And they're going to their allocated necessary places within your system to keep you hydrated. They're being, they're being used. They're being, you know, they're, they're not just going from in your mouth and out in your urine, which is exactly what water does, which is why water can't hydrate you. So when people drink a lot of water, you're actually taking more out of your body. Like you're not, you're not replenishing anything. It's just going through. So it's not that water is not good for you. It's just that it's not the best Mm -hmm. for hydration. It's, it's life. I mean, water, you have to have water, but if you, if you want to kick your hydration level up, which most people do because most of us are dehydrated 99% of the time, mildly dehydrated, you know, you definitely want to have something that's going to replenish the things that you're losing by drinking water, by sweating, by moving, by exercising, by, you know, um, bowel movements, all of these things excrete, um, these, these electrolytes and minerals that are essential for optimal performance. Yeah. I remember when I was in school, we, we used to play rugby pretty seriously. We were training seven, eight, nine times a week. Um, one of the teachers used to comment on the fact that all the, all the players, there was tons of kids in our year, all the players used to carry bottles of water around mm. all day. So for me, it's, kind of in, it's, it's always been there as part of a, a sports-orientated lifestyle. If I'm going out to, to train after school, I need water now, yeah. and so on and so on and so on. But on the days where I'm not, uh, so kind of like gym and exercise for me is my trigger. That I need to drink water, yeah. Whereas and I think there's a lot of people in the world who also do that. They know that they're going to exercise. So they need to drink even more, mm-hmm. like even more and more. Yeah. Because then probably once they have the activity on their diary, the amount of water that they drink is probably just meeting what they should drink Normally. Normally, yeah. And then they're going to put themselves through a, a half-hour hour exercise session, use the water, whatever, dehydrate themselves. And then I think people forget to drink water after. Mm-hmm. I think people, the rehydration, because people are hungry, they got to have their dinner, then everything's just full. Yeah. Their system is just full. But I think having a goal, like having a, a two-liter bottle of water yeah. on your person all day, every day, and you have to drink two of them. Yep. And if you haven't, then you have to stop go to the water cooler, fill it, and just put a yeah. third of it into Yeah. <laughs> so what would your advice be on chugging down water because you forgot to drink water all day or just sip, sip, sip on 12 glasses a day and have run the risk of forgetting eight of those glasses? Well, um, I would suggest a happy medium of trying to just trying to be mindful about your water intake and also drink good quality water. So I don't know if you guys have heard yeah. of like the Berkey water filter system. Have you heard of the Berkey? No, Not but please tell me. Because I got really into this a long time ago mm-hmm. after watching the 
I can't rem- pronounce or remember his name properly, but it it was in What the Bleep Do You Know? Do you remember? And it was about uh, we both watched this this the uh, the Japanese scientist who was photographing water molecules under certain um, certain emotional situations, and the water molecules changed. And then I went down another rabbit hole looking into like uh, researching like water, and there's this guy called Daniel Vitalis who's really really into natural water springs Mm. and actually getting your water from the earth directly from the earth because it's so different to this so 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 different um yeah for people that don't know um you can't drink tap water in dubai mm. that's dubai has terrible terrible tap water so i thought explain why um what's in it what's the I don't know. I, I honestly don't know why you can't drink it here, but I've been told by every single person that you cannot drink. Yeah. I it's drink not it filtered. sometimes. Um, it's not it's not clean enough for human consumption, and that it's one of the worst things that you can do in Dubai. Mm. I don't know if it's changed since I've lived here, um, but when I lived I here, so. we were not like we were told. But doesn't tap water come from over. the desalination plant here? So I would I'm assume not, that it would be. Like I'm not sure, but not nobody recommends relatively distilled. It. Look, I'm just talking. I don't know if this is truth at all, yeah. but I know that the majority of the water comes from desalination plants. So I'm assuming that they're treated, heavily treated, and I'm, maybe that's the problem. Yeah, I think <laughs> potentially. Uh, I think one of the. I know because I have a filtration system in my house, mm-hmm. but I know that there's a lot of fluoride and a lot of chlorine in the yeah. water. Yeah, so when I moved here, I I got a Berkey water filter system. So it takes tap water and you put it in and it's got like charcoal um, filters in it to filter out anything naturally. We talked about charcoal the last time I was here. So charcoal is great for absorbing toxins and it filters that out. But it's also got mineralized rocks in the uh, bottom of it. So it's got these two filters um, that filter out the water and then it goes through these mineralized rocks to add in. So it's taken out all the toxins, but now it's added in a whole bunch of minerals and then you pour it out and you keep it on your counter. You can get a stand for it. And that's the kind of water that I drink on a daily basis. I have it in my home in Mm. Canada and that's, I don't drink tap water in Canada either. I'll take the tap water. I'll put it into the Berkey system and that's the water so it's really mineralized really clean but also not just stripped like it's not desalinated water now now we've taken out the toxins but we've put back in the minerals and the rocks that you get with it you just have to boil every three months i think to kind of reactivate them and clean them up from all the water the other water going through them and you put them back in the filter you put the water Mm -hmm. back in and you start again and that's the Berkey system. And I would highly recommend the Berkey water system. Yeah, I remember a long time ago as well, I looked into oxygenating water. You can get oxygen right. filters where you put them in and they actually oxygenate the water. And then you, you drink like highly oxygenated water. Mm-hmm. I don't saying. know. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's a thing. I, I don't have enough research on that yeah. one on oxygenated mm-hmm. water. I don't know if it's if there have been like big results or anything with it, but it's interesting how many things revolve around water. Caroline would spend a lot of money on her water. Yeah, he was Get a making Berkey. fun of me. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. <laughs> Go spend do a it. lot of money on water supplements. I'll tell you, look, when you have an accident and you almost die and you just want to do everything that you can to, to help your body heal itself, Absolutely. like I was doing everything. So I would come and see Keith with these this glass bottle that had these mineral stones that cost a lot of money at the bottom. And then I would fill them with stuff. So sometimes I was drinking like water and charcoal. Don't laugh. <laughs> sometimes it was... Uh, like swamp water with like corella and spirulina and chlorophyll. so I was putting yeah chlorophyll yeah. I was putting lots and lots of different things in my water now I'm into so I put reishi mushroom lugo solution and apple cider vinegar just to make it taste better so lots of different things interesting apple yeah. cider vinegar is great for digestion yeah so that's that's a nice thing you're, you're kind Ding. of burning your your internal flames thing is though at that stage she was drinking the water yeah that's what it took for her to drink water and then she passed that phase well do you know i lost it i lost my little the thing that i spent so much money on i don't know where it is (laughs) he 
was making, he's like, how much is this? Like, this is ridiculous. You're coming in with water with stones in it. Like, the water with stones in it was fine. It was when she put the price tag on it. I can't remember how much it was, but when she put the price I'm tag on it. I'm not going to tell you again. Yeah, don't. People will look. No, seriously. seriously. No, I'm not telling you. It's, it was a lot. It was a like, silly amount of money. Like, what? Anyway, she was. She had her accident as her whole excuse. And right. We were just That's getting her, her in a happy place. Yeah. We'll let you have it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he's like you got hoodwinked yeah they saw you coming yeah (laughs) this girl will spend anything just trying to get the berkey is really good Mm -hmm. um and the rocks are reusable and it's a big water filtration system so Mm. kind of same idea a little bit extra this wasn't even a filtration system so (laughs) you know it's like same same different so better bang for your buck expensive water bottle yeah (laughs) and then you lost it yeah and the Berkey even has like a travel uh, water bottle water bottle filter system. So they've got a little like charcoal filter that you can, I, I take it traveling with me and that way I can fill up with water like anywhere in the world. You can drink, you can put it in a pond and take water out of a pond and it's got mm. a, the charcoal filter in it so that you can drink literally any kind of water. So that's a really great thing to have if you... If you're a travel person or you like camping or anything like that, you can mm. literally have filtered, clean, filtered water um, that doesn't isn't stripped of everything mm. um, and stay hydrated wherever you go. It's pretty useful to, to have here and here for sure, because a lot of the bottles that we get, a lot of the water that you get here c- comes from abroad. No matter what stage you get it from, it's been in some sort of plastic container yeah. on the ships, on the trucks. It's like it's just going to be in ha- the heat. And in the heat. Yeah, and the, yeah. the heat is also. I they're know, not let's storing not even it. get into the plastic. Yet. Yeah, I look, know. it's something. It's something I've had a conversation with one of my clients a lot. He filters his water and he has glass bottles and he's yeah. completely in that mindset. And I think like it's great, but for me, I don't have time. To He's right though. Like no, this is toxic. Yeah, it's for so sure. But mm-hmm. there's also I, we also breathe toxic air. We also like I put petrol in my car. You know, I drive like we're not all 100 percent clean. And there's certain oh, no, there's definitely. certain places where I like I'm okay with drinking water with a small bit of plastic in it because I can at least drink all the water that I need. Mm-hmm. I don't have to not drink water because I didn't filter it or I ran out of the filter. And that's the thing. Everybody has their line yeah, it, that, that That's exactly what I'm getting to. Everyone yeah. has, like, this for me. I'm okay with the plastics. It's not ideal. I'm aware of it. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I might have plastics, but I don't smoke cigarettes. Yeah. Do you know? Or I might have plastic, but I don't drink a lot of alcohol. Yeah. Or I don't eat donuts and sweets. But I have water with a little bit of plastic what? in it. What? You don't eat donuts and sweets? I'm joking. <laughs> no. But I, I just drink saw you this morning with that. a croissant. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had a croissant this morning. Aww. It's not donut or a sweet. So you're not going off of carbs then? No. no. And I have carbs. No. <laughs> Flat out, no. And I have carbs. <laughs> well, if without going back and revisiting Ooh, this whole time. No, just got right out um, <laughs> I'm trying to... Croissants... Threw him right under the Croissants bus. are high <laughs> in GI, but they're low in gluten in respect to standard white bread. Croissants. I'm because sorry, is that your justification? No, am I right or wrong? <laughs> no, it's the the butter, right? Are you anyway, talking about croissants? Let's, let, let's stay on, on the on the hydration. Yeah, I was talking about my croissant, but let's let's stay on the hydration because I wanted to I wanted to ask you the long term health problems with dehydration, where people just oh yeah, I'm thirsty today, I have a little drink, I'm thir-, and then they go through their week week by week by week, but longer term, what kind of? Because I know that like brain health is a huge suffers a lot from dehydration it does but it also suffers a lot from everything else in your diet so they haven't quite you can't necessarily say because now the norm is to be mildly dehydrated the long-term health effects are exactly what we're seeing every day you know there's more diseases there's people are getting cancer more often People are getting, um, you know, autoimmune flare-ups, inflammation. Uh, obesity is now a normal state in the U.S. Yeah. I mean, there are more people specifically in the United States that are obese than are underweight. And that is just, or, or normal weight. Yeah. And that is just incredible. And all of these things, they may not be directly pinpointed to dehydration but they're certainly pinpointed to the way that we live our everyday lives now and part of that is dehydration so dehydration affects everything just like your 
diet of preservatives and packaged foods and plastics and things like that affect every everyday life and long-term health effects um the things that people should should try to do is just if you nobody seems to feel like 100 percent every day everybody's kind of like i feel good but i don't feel great yeah that's kind of what I get. I don't know if you get that if from you're clients. Irish, it's I'm not too bad. Right. <laughs> or I'm not well. People will say I'm not well. You know? Um, that's kind of, that's what, that's, that's the norm. I'm not well, but I'm, I'm not unwell. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not well. Um, and dehydration is, is a lot to do with that. And that's one of the easiest things. Instead of take that as the first step in kind of changing your lifestyle, add a little, add a little electrolyte into your life, add a little salt to your water, add a little emergency or energy to your drinks, stay away from sugar, um, and especially sugary electrolyte beverages. And you might get that little boost of energy to start doing more things to affect your health, like Mm -hmm. exercising a little bit more often Mm -hmm. or focusing a little bit better and therefore feeling motivation to do extra things or to change extra things. It's going back to the basics. It's going back to the building blocks of health and electrolyte and dehydration is one of them. So if you start with hydrating your body, you'll be amazed at the kind of changes, the small amount of motivation that you'll feel, the small amount of, oh, I actually feel good today. Now I'm I'm willing to take the next step and cut sugar out of my diet or cut carbohydrates mm-hmm. down as opposed to trying to do the big things first and then go to the little things. Start small. Yeah, I think with that, people need to connect. I feel better today. Take a split second and think, what have I done differently? Yeah. Oh, I've actually drank a lot more water the last three or four days. Right. So mm-hmm. this should be my new norm. Yeah. Um, like this is now my new baseline. So this has to stay the same. Yeah. This has to start this. I have to get really, really good at drinking a lot of water. Then move on. Yeah, and then yeah. move on. But don't just think, I don't know why I feel better today. Yeah. When it's the food you've been, ch- mm. the, the little change you've made makes a small difference. Yeah. Get good at that change and then make the next change. And then change. move on to the, the next, the bigger thing. And the thing is, is, is it's, if you can master the small changes, you can, you'll definitely master the bigger changes. But, you know, you don't become a marathon runner overnight yeah you don't say i'm gonna run a 20k tomorrow yeah and if you do you're gonna get hurt (laughs) right Mm. but i mean you wouldn't recommend that you wouldn't recommend taking that kind of i mean it's great you want to run a marathon but let's you know start with 1k yeah and see how you go (laughs) and then move up from there you don't you don't go for gold immediately because you're setting yourself up for failure whereas if you start with with hydrating your body and you see those changes, you see the difference in your skin, you see the difference in, in, you know, your, your body composition, you see difference in your, your energy levels, your metabolism, um, headaches. I mean, so many people Mm. get headaches every day simply from dehydration, Mm. you know, all of a sudden your headaches go away, which means that now you don't have a headache in the evening, which means you can now exercise after work look how that just helped you entirely. And it's just such a small change instead Mm -hmm. of just saying, well, I'm going to continue exercising just because. Yeah. And then you don't continue doing it because you've got such bad headaches. Whereas if you just started with hydration, everything would just fall into place. It's a small manageable change. Yeah. Amazing, Chelsea. Thank you so much um, for all your little hydration tips. Of course. Where Mm -hmm. can people uh, find you online and where can they look up with you? So um, my website is um, www.marakiholisticnutrition.com and they can find me at, um, at Meraki Holistic on Instagram. Just spell that? M-E-R-A-K-I. <laughs> trying to spell it out in my head. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this. And then Holistic, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C. Cool. Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you for coming to speak to us. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.